The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com For the deepest, darkest clues, to the backwoods swamp where we hit the bottom, for the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. Alex Lohman from the 13th Street Morgue and Dungeon of Doom, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Steve from the Dark Path Hunt in Denton, Texas, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Choose your path. Hi, this is Kristen from Haunted Hill, Fred, Texas. You are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of... The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> Hi, this is Jerome Helton from Hush Haunted Attraction from Westland, Michigan. And I just want to give a big shout out and welcome everybody out to The Scary Show. Hi, this is Aaron Trejo from Terror Trail Haunted House in El Paso, Texas. You are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Joey Adams. I'm with the Amaryllis Caregrounds. You are listening to The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Not this time, fat man. There is no Christmas until after Thanksgiving. For years and years, Christmas has kept creeping up on Halloween. When I was a kid, you didn't even see Christmas stuff until the store until after Thanksgiving. Now here in 2021, in the middle of October, Christmas stuff. It ends tonight. Oh, hi listeners. Sorry about that. But I just can't stand it. When I see Christmas before Thanksgiving, and especially not when it shows up in the middle of October. Anyway, on this episode of The Big Scary Show, Storm, Badger, and myself, Meat Hook Jim, along with the old crone, sit down at the Round Table of Terror and talk about the season that was. Some pretty interesting anecdotes and a little bit of fun. Of course, Badger is back with Deadline News. Storm rants as only he can in a haunt minute. Meat Hook Jim, myself, is back with Between the Corpses and another round of spooky beers. The instrumentalist Jerry Vane spins the spooky tunes, and the old crone has bought us her latest segment. All this and so much more on this episode of The Big Scary Show. Now, 
I think I'm going to go find some venison for my Thanksgiving. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Preacher with the Atom Brain. A motion picture shot full of thrills based on scientific facts described in leading national magazines. You'll be hypnotized. You'll be terrorized. You'll be paralyzed. See a dead man come from beyond the grave. See Columbia Pictures startling. Preacher with the Atom Brain. The Coffin Caddies. Zombies ate my neighbors. On the Big Scary Show. Haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated 
to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference FrightFind will make in your haunt listing. Greetings, listeners, listeners, and welcome. welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. torso. It's time time for Between between the the corpses. Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here, and I'm back with three more spooky beers for your adult beverage enjoyment. The next one up on the list is Lips of Faith, Grotzer, a collaboration between New Belgium Brewing and Three Floyds Brewing. Let an undead style be a part of your Halloween celebrations. Grotzer is a Polish style of wheat beer that uses malted wheat kilned over oak wood. This gives the beer a very distinctive smoked character. Low in alcohol and very carbonated, it is sometimes called Polish Champagne. It is a style rarely seen and perfect for light celebration of other undead things. The collaboration is easy drinking at only 4.5%, but will give you bold smoky flavors perfect for a foggy pumpkin night. Let the undead sit with you a while. The style is a Grotzer. ABV is, of course, 4.5%. The IBUs are 30. Hops are Nugget and Polish Lublin. Malts, Pale, Midnight Wheat, Oak Smoked Wheat. What makes it special? An undead beer style. The Halloween pairing is Hershey's Dark Chocolate. Suggested glass is a flute and availability is limited. Next on the list is Big Gruesome from Springhouse Brewing Company located in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I can only hope that your Halloween calls for something this decadent. Like a 10-foot tall Yeti standing outside your bedroom window, Big Gruesome won't let you ignore him. And if you happen to be dipping into the treats with an eye for peanut butter cups, you better take this guy along for the ride. He loves peanut butter cups. Big Gruesome is, well, big. Big malt, big body, big roast. It uses two chocolate malts and cocoa nibs, then grows up on more cocoa nibs and whole vanilla beans, while snacking on peanut butter the whole time. It's bound to be gruesomely good. It is an imperial stout with an ABV of 8.5%. What makes it special is peanut butter, and of course the Halloween pairing is peanut butter cups. Suggested glass is a snifter, and it is available year-round. And rounding out this episode of Between the Corpses, Massacre from Wolverine State Brewing Company, located in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Usually, lagers are thought of as light, friendly, summery, daytime beers. This is not that beer. This is a lager that has been transformed into a big, marauding beast. It prowls the street of October looking for its next unsuspecting lager-drinking victim. This is a smooth, sneaky, imperial dark lager 
boasting dark roast malt and caramel, but also hiding a secret of oaky vanilla and bourbon from heavy toast Kentucky bourbon barrels. Very limited. You may escape the massacre, but do you want to? The style is Imperial Dark Lager. The ABV is a whopping 11%. What makes it special is it's aged in heavy toast Kentucky bourbon barrels. Halloween pairing is M&M's. Suggested glass is Snifter. Availability, availability is October. Very limited. So, that's another round of spooky beers for Between the Corpses. We will catch you on the next episode. Ohio Haunted House owners, actors, and enthusiasts, join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. Hello, everybody. This is Drew Badger, and this is the 250th edition of Deadline News. Now, we're going to start off with this news from the second annual Fells Point Krampuslauf in Baltimore, Maryland. Join us on Saturday, December 4th for the second annual Fells Point Krampuslauf. Calling all Krampus, Belsnickel, Frau Perschta, St. Nick, Elves, and Creatures of the Yule. Summoning all fairies, mermaids, and creatures of Earth. Calling all jugglers, fire dancers, performers, and observers, and friends. All are welcome. We will gather at Fells Point Square for a gallivant around the Fells Point stopping at various points of interest along the way, and most importantly, to dispense punishment to the naughty who profess their deeds in hopes of absolution through public punishment. We will also be collecting new unwrapped toys at this event for Toys for Tots, as we do each year. Just because Krampus punishes the naughty doesn't mean we can't help children in need. Have your photo taken with the Baltimore Krampus. And enter our costume contest with many different categories. More information to come. And for safety, we will follow whatever gathering protocols are in place at this time for this merry event. For more information, get to their Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Baltimore Krampus. We have this update from Days of the Dead coming to Atlanta. Days of the Dead returns to the Atlanta area February 25th through the 22nd, 2022 for its 10th year in a row for the most killer horror party in the country. Include three full days of horror movies, memorabilia, vendors, special events, celebrity guests, and so much more. Vendor tables and VIP passes for Days of the Dead Atlanta are going fast. So get your tickets now and more information at daysofthedead.com slash Atlanta. We have this news from the Massacre Haunted House in Montgomery, Illinois. Massacre Haunted House transforms into a Christmas nightmare. Friday, December 17th and Saturday, December 18th from 7 to 10 p.m. This year it's a more gore Christmas 
with special guest Michelle Gore and friends. Instead of Christmas cheer, the crew over at Massacre Haunted House are spreading some holiday fear. For the ninth year in a row, Massacre will be open for a special Christmas-themed haunted house the weekend before Christmas. This bone-chilling Christmas experience will, of course, feature a Santa. However, he's not the right jolly old elf most people picture. Visitors who love getting scared during Halloween can get scared all over again this holiday season. Walk through over 30,000 square feet of Christmas gone wrong, where a wicked Santa and all his demented helpers haunt the halls, cackling elves emerge from the walls, and Santa's sinister ho-ho-ho rings through the air, chasing visions of sugar plums right out of visitors' heads and replacing them with scenes of horror. Get more information at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash massacrehaunt. We have this news from the 7th Annual Krampuslauf Celebration in San Francisco. It's time once again to bring the Xmas Weird back to Union Square with the 7th Annual Krampuslauf Celebration. Join us as we channel our own personal visions of the traditional Christmas demon Krampus, the Pal of St. Nick, and the scourge of naughty children everywhere. We'll be gathering this year at the Tunnel Top Lounge and Bar at 5 p.m., and descend on the unsuspecting shopping populace below. Remember to bring proof of vaccination and to mask as appropriate. More wandering gorilla theater than pub crawl, though we do stop for refreshments. All it takes are some horns. Many styles are readily available in local costume shops, the interwebs, or make your own. A little creative costuming, a sense of play, and you're good to go. Naughty child costumes are welcome too. Get more information at facebook.com slash sfkrampus. We have this news from the Red Vane Haunted House in Ashland, Virginia. Red Vane Haunted Christmas returns this December for two nights only. Red Vane is located at Hanover Vegetable Farm, just 10 miles from Short Pump and 20 miles from downtown Richmond. We've been featured on NBC12, WRIR, Style Weekly, Richmond Magazine, and RVA Magazine. It's Red Vane Haunted Christmas. As the veil between the land of the living and the land of the dead remains partially open, creatures from the blackness roam free, twisting the joyful holidays into a darker, more sinister version. Santa's elves hunt you down inside his workshop while horrifying monsters and giant gingerbread men stalk their prey throughout the cornfields and woods. If you survive the killer snowmen guarding the house, you might catch up with a famous horned beast waiting inside before finally meeting the ancient frozen demon who holds the key to your fate. There's four attractions, the asylum, the corn, the woods, and the house. Visit redvainhaunt.com for tickets and more information. And finally, we have this news on a Krampusnacht event going on in Tampa, Florida. On Monday, December 6th, bring in the holiday season with the age-old European tradition of celebrating Krampus. Half goat, half demon, bad child punisher, and Santa's sidekick, Krampus will be making an appearance on this evening at the Independent Bar and Cafe, 5016 North Florida Avenue in Tampa. Beware of his birch sticks if you've been naughty. Come dressed as Krampus and receive a complimentary beverage on us from the special Krampus menu. We'll also be featuring a local holiday gift market, live holiday music featuring Seth Adam Lynn from 7 to 9 p.m., 
glue wine, which is hot mold wine, and a holiday beer tasting. Get ready, it's going to be one hell of a night. Get more information at facebook.com slash independent seminole heights. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. And ladies and gentlemen, as much as we don't want to admit it, Halloween is, in fact, over. We're into the middle of November, Thanksgiving's just around the corner, Legendary Haunt Tour wrapped up last week, a lot of haunts that were doing blackout events were wrapping up everything as we speak. I don't believe there's any haunts going on this weekend, but, you know, there will be some doing Christmas and Krampus events in December, I'm sure we got that to look forward to, and... You know, getting into the new year, there'll be some Valentine's Day stuff in February and then Trans World in March. So surely we love the fact that Halloween, at least the haunt season, is almost truly year round. But we want to look back on the year that was 2021's Halloween haunt season started in September, ran through October and just kind of wrapped up now. And it's nice to sit down and just have a conversation with the hosts. I mean, we do this on occasion. It's been years since the four of us have actually sat down and been in a room together. But it's nice to just not necessarily have a major topic, not really have any guests, just kind of sit down and say, how was your Halloween season? And we do this pretty much every year. So we wanted to, again, kind of wrap up the year that was so to speak and just talk about what did we do during the halloween season did we go to haunted houses did we see any cool movies any cool things on netflix or amazon prime um what was the scariest spookiest thing that happened to us i suppose we'll find out but for those new people who've joined us and those veterans that have been with us for a very long time let's introduce our hosts and we hope some of you new folks stick with us after the halloween season up in Warwick, Rhode Island, we'd like to bring you Storm. I'm supposed to be in the mountains, but I'm not. So here I am. Well, we're glad you're here. Down in Cincinnati, Ohio, we have our very own Meat Hook Jim. You forgot to mention the Arbor Day haunts. 
Yeah, true. Damn but that's it. in the spring. Yeah, you know, you got to get through Valentine's Day and all that first. But we will, we'll have to do a show on Arbor Day haunts run by the Amish. Yes, that would be that would be awesome. Um, and we want to bring in our special correspondent, Jana, the old crone down in Fayetteville, Arkansas, who actually runs a haunted attraction. I'm sure we'll have some very interesting stories there. Jana, how are you? I'm well. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing just Jim Dandy. Uh, my name is Drew Badger in Charlotte, North Carolina. And while this isn't necessarily haunt related, I just want to say driving around these past few days, there's a reason that I love the fall. This has been one of the most gorgeous leaf seasons I have seen in at least a decade. Um, how's it looked up in Rhode Island, Ohio, and Arkansas as far as leaf watching and everything? We all, you know, have that traditional look of Halloween in our heads with trees, you know, bursting with golds and reds and leaves falling in the wind howling and the cats and the witches and all that stuff. But how's, how's your fall been, everybody? Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, the, leaves, the leaves are, you know, the other day I was heading to work to my day job. And before I got ready to leave the house, the dryer messed up. I had clothes in there, of course, to wear that day. So had to deal with damp clothes and then my bathroom sink clogged up. So then I had to mess with that. But you know what? It was still a beautiful morning because I got to drive to work and just see all of these yellows and golds and oranges and reds. And just the sight of those beautiful autumn trees put me in a great mood. Well, argue with that. I've got to say that up here, um, it started a little sooner than it did uh, down south. Uh, it started in mid-October, and it was great until November hit. Now, most of the trees are leafless already. Uh, I got piles of leaves in my yard that have to be raked up, and uh, they've already put out the leaf collection alerts. Uh, so, yeah, it's you know it was good, but now it's like chilly. Uh, today, the high was 41, low was 27, and it's not looking any better tomorrow. <laughs> No snow though, right? Just we had some snow today, but it was wet, oh. didn't stick. You know, the ground's still too warm, but uh it started to snow today, yes. Oh lovely. And we'll probably continue to do that through March, right? Probably. <laughs> Storm had to look up in the northeast, you know, that's where a lot of the traditional Halloween looks are, I guess. Not too bad. It's actually pretty good, especially for leaves. Uh, you know, past few years, it's been a short season. You know, sometimes they're gone by, you know, they start changing right at the beginning of October, end of September, and they're gone by Columbus Day. This year, a lot of uh, areas still had really nice cover uh, color right through um, Halloween. Uh, had a couple of windstorms come through, but we had a, you know, Decent fall weather-wise and, and stuff, so it stayed, you know, pretty pretty warm, not too many frost advisories, and, uh, you know, wasn't too dry. So we, we had a real nice leaf season for that and a real good fall feel. A little bit too much rain on the weekends in October, but otherwise, mm. not, not too bad weather-wise, and no snow here yet. Tornadoes, but no how did, snow. <laughs> how did the uh, wet weather affect the local haunts up that way? Uh. <clears throat> Actually, uh, took out a couple Saturdays on them. I know there's some Saturdays we're thinking about going to some of the bigger ones, and um, 
they'd had sold out nights, uh, especially Halloween weekend. You know, a year ago, it snowed right at Halloween. Uh, this year, we had like three, four days of rain, and it was on and off for uh, Halloween itself. So some of the larger attractions had to really do a hit or miss and, you know, call it early just because of size, because of time tipping ticketing, that type of thing. But places were selling out. It was really good. Uh, some places struggled through it. Uh, but it is interesting year all in all with some things. Still had yeah, some business issues. Some places still talking about COVID. One of the hayrides had been around here for almost 30 years. They were having their final season this year. Uh, they were saying they didn't have the hayride for COVID, but, you know, some inside politics and some things I know haven't been their competition for a while. That might have been an excuse. Uh, but, um, mm. it, you know, interesting with that. But, yeah, some of the bigger haunts, you know, they, they lost a couple of good premiere nights and uh, they're really kicking it uh, sold out other weekends and stuff, which was really good. So uh, it was fun. I could start off with my season, you know. Um, my area is great with the home haunts. Unfortunately, we had a really bad windstorm come through, knock out power, and cause some issues uh, in, in our town. I was actually without power for a whole day, uh, even having some generator issues. But like every good um, uh, lawn haunt around here got destroyed, absolutely destroyed by that windstorm, uh, which was a bummer because it's coming up on Halloween weekend. They were having their big push. Uh, a lot of good charities. The neat thing is uh, the community really came together. There's some GoFundMes to help them get to their charity goals, to help them rebuild for next year. Uh, so that was really awesome. Uh, otherwise, it powered through it. I was able to get out to a neat pumpkin walk uh, down the road from me. They were actually having a, uh, you know, a regular jack-o'-lantern walk. They had a jack-o'-lantern carving contest, so you could enter in jack-o'-lanterns, drop them off, and you'd see your pumpkins displayed on their walk. And nice little setup, you know, just go through. They actually had a couple little scenes, some witches, a living statue, uh, a guy dressed as a grim reaper, and not really scaring, but just adding that ambiance. And it's neat for, you know, a small blueberry farm down the road, they uh, did good with the time ticketing, only selling a certain amount of tickets and stuff. They'd worked uh, with the uh, local police and authorities to make sure it wasn't a parking issue and you didn't really annoy the neighbors and stuff because that can happen. The previous owners at Blueberry Farm tried to do a similar thing years ago, did it two nights, and because the price point was so good and it was just a neat, fun Halloween thing to do, uh, they had 10,000 people try and show up that night. So, yeah, we're on a point. So there's like one road that goes in and out and a big U and they caused a traffic jam and blocked up, you know, half the city with it. So that wasn't fun and they didn't try it again. But they were on point with this one. The the time ticking was really neat. Talk to owners. Uh, I'll probably try and give them a hand next year. But uh, that that was real fun and real good. Didn't get to any other big haunts, mainly with the weather and a lot of stuff going on in October. But a lot of fun. And people who are open were successful. And even got to talk to my buddy Scary Larry down in Florida. And he was helping uh, out some haunts. He was, you know, a singing pirate by day and then helping them build out uh, some kitty haunts and stuff down in Florida. And he is having a good season and some fun with it, too. So good times this October. Retirement is doing him well. 
Oh yeah, no. It, you, retirement always agreed with him, especially with Florida. So no, he's he's doing good, but he always has that haunt itch, and uh, he, he is even building a haunt in his head for next year and sending me stuff on it. Oh, here's my pirate haunt. This is what I'm going to do with this, and he's trying to get somebody to go in and build it with him. But uh, he is able to do some side stuff with this, build a neat little kid village for a little hayride that goes through in a local area. So he he was having a good time with it. Oh, wow. You'd think a pirate haunt would do well in Florida, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. You know, there's Pirates of Emerson out in California, but that's about the only one I can think of, unless you have like yeah, they a got scene a, or two. They hmm. have a couple pirate groups and stuff. The You know, some of the harder things is location and doing stuff. And you're also, when you're competing haunt-wise and entertainment-wise, you're competing with everything. You know, uh Bush Gardens does their own thing. You Sea World, every little attraction down there, and there's so many of them that even trying to compete with that, uh, it, it doesn't work as well. Uh, right. So mainly the pirate groups down there, a lot of them are, you know, will do actual pirate stuff. You know, that they're they're yacht groups and and boating groups uh, with the pirates, so they'll do their shanties and stuff. And I, I think there is one like mobile float thing. Um, the biggest thing with the pirates down there and what their big fundraiser and stuff is, is in the Tampa area. They have Gasparilla, which is a big pirate festival, literally with the boats and stuff going through it. It's like pirate Mardi Gras. Uh, so that's where the, the, you know, the pirate groups will focus on instead of having to look towards something like um, Halloween, because they do have a pirate festival that they can jump on and already brings in tourists and you're not competing with another attraction for a holiday event. Right. That makes sense. Jim, what about you? What what kind of cool things did you get to do tonight? I know you did a little acting this year as well. I did. You know, my, my October did not go the way I planned at all. Uh, it was, I might've mentioned it on the last show, but at the beginning of October, my wife, Chris had a cancer scare, which, uh, you know, had us on pins and needles until the results of the biopsy came back. And then we got great news. The biopsy was negative and we're getting planning to go out and do some other stuff. And then a couple days after the good news came, a drunk driver plowed into her car and destroyed it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was sitting in front of the house. She, she had just gotten out of it maybe three minutes before this happened. So nobody was in there. So yes. Yeah. And so then I had to go through the whole rigmarole of the insurance and getting the money so we could go buy another car. And we were able to do that, but not until closer to the end of the month. But, but, uh, Donnie Hoover, who I do wrestle horror with, um, got handed a, a deal at, uh, the he lives in the village of Obets, which is just south of Columbus. And they do a haunted attraction. They do this big Halloween festival at the Fortress Obets, which is, it's a great venue. It's got a stadium and the fortress is made out of shipping containers. But, uh, they, they set it up similar to Terror Park, uh, Kelly Collins' old haunt and it was under the bleachers of the stadium and it was a huge amount of space. And, you know, they only had like three weeks to set everything up. And for what, for the amount of time they had and the resources they had, I think it was successful. But anyway, Donnie said, Hey, Jim, uh, I'd like you to come out and help me out, uh, you know, train some actors, that type of thing. So 
I said, okay, okay, I'll dust off a costume and I'll go up there. And I had a blast and it, and it kind of reignited the fire in me for haunting. Um, I've already gone through my head as it's creating a new character uh, that I've started um, sketching out and, and writing details down on. So uh, Chris came out there as well. And Chris had just purchased this beautiful witch's dress from Jennifer Van Landingham. All black and two different hats and, and just all the accoutrements. And if anybody who knows Jennifer knows, she does costumes, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yes. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't cheap but it was a deal so we went ahead and, and pulled the trigger on it and i we we just we both worked a queue line uh, a lot of people were working in the house including donnie and there were some pretty decent scenes one of my favorite scenes was the mannequin scene uh, um and they're probably now you got to bear in mind that people went through this it's all free to the to, to the city so people went through the haunt multiple times. If you count every person that went through, aside from the multiple times, I'm talking about them going, I don't care how many times they went through, they probably pushed through at least a 1,000 people in a two-and-a-half-hour show. That's impressive. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and now Donnie's been handed the reins to, to design it again next year, uh, and I will be consulting with him on this. So it's going to be even better next year. And we're working towards getting it going more than one night and perhaps even making it a pay haunt. Oh, fun. Um, but they did, I will say this, the city of Obets, um, Donnie gave him a, uh, an invoice for all of his actors and they paid us. Wow. Um, we, totally all, nice. we all got 50 bucks. Awesome. Yeah. So it was like, you know, money's always been second to me because there's nothing like really just scaring the crap out of somebody. <laughs> but you know, the cash doesn't hurt. And Donnie himself said, you know what? You guys are going to do this. Everybody's getting paid. And so I'm not doing this free shit anymore. So, so will the theme be the same or will it be something completely different? That's where I come in. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine what's going on in that twisted head. Uh, well, actually, I have a haunt designed that I've had designed ever since I was the brief owner of that other haunt called uh, Oh Street yes, Short. Um, I had a design that I never gave to the other owners that's sitting in my notebook, and rumor has it we're going to be moving from under the bleachers to possibly the trail. And if we go to the trail, then my design will work perfectly. Oh, well, I'm nice. sure that over the course of the year, we'll definitely have to uh, check in with you on that because that got, sounds very interesting. I've got it laid out from start to finish. I've got a basic design of the pathway. I want to do this. I, I've had it in my head and I've had it in my notebook for seven, eight years now. I want to do this. And and somehow, I'm glad that you rekindled rekindled that fire, and now you're like, yes, time to get to work. <laughs> and, and that's wow. it. Maybe maybe that's what I needed. You know, I mean, the past couple of years have been have been rough uh, as far as I mean, physically, 
with my health scare with my heart and everything. It was just, I was trying to take a step back and to let everything level off. But when I, when I scared that first kid on the 29th, he was like, I miss this. So nice. So nice to hear. That's, that was my October. Well, it sounds like it had a good time, good ending at least. So, it did. And we're mm. glad that, and we're glad there was no injuries with the accident regarding Chris, and we're glad the cancer scare came out negative and all that. So, hopefully, you guys can leave that behind and and work towards brighter things. And speaking of haunts and haunt owners, we have a haunt owner with us right now, Jana down in Arkansas, the owner of Banshee Manor. Um, I have so many questions I could get into. I don't think we have enough time for that. But, you know, in a nutshell, I kind of sort of know what your haunt season was like as far as what you were doing every weekend. But yeah, <laughs> tell us about it. You were I mean, you're you're the you're the only one on the show that is an actual haunt owner. Most of us have acted at haunts for years or done freelance or. You Are you know, saying I'm the only dumb, and... dumb one? <laughs> <laughs> is your hair blonde? I feel that way. Yes, but anyway, <laughs> and many but, uh... grays. <laughs> um, so my haunt season started the um the last week of September because I'm a mobile haunt. Um, basically everything is offsite and has to be transported down there, and um, basically the haunt built, um, in the space that we use. Um, so we had um about two and a half weeks of build. And then we ran for three weekends and then we had two days to tear it all down and get it put back um, in the garage. So it's, it's a long, um, it's a long process, but I love it. Um, our first weekend was great. We had a fabulous opening weekend, probably one of the best opening weekends. And then for some reason, the second weekend, um, the bottom kind of fell out, um, had horrible attendance that weekend. And, you know, part of me wants to attribute it to, you, you know, the University of Arkansas is in our backyard and it was fall break. And so a lot of kids, you know, a lot of the college students went home. We had some really big name concerts going on. There was, there was just a lot of competition for attention, um, that weekend, um, and then fortunately the last weekend, um, the numbers picked back up and we finished strong. So, um, not my best overall season, but still a good strong season. Um, and I just need to figure out how to combat, um, next year. I need to find out ahead of time when is the university going on fall break and what do I need to do promos or, um, you know, something to help combat losing all of them um that weekend but um it was strong it was a good weekend we had some interesting things happen you know every year there's always the you know the little horror tales that you tell afterwards <laughs> um but it was good oh, do tell do tell probably one of the strangest things that happened is um the city of Fayetteville has been great um in that whenever I asked them what I needed to do to open a haunt to be in compliance and everything else, because we're going into a venue that is already, you know, zoned and fire coded and all of that stuff. And that is a blessing itself because I don't have to deal with all of that. 
So the city of Fayetteville, the only thing they said from the beginning was just make sure it's ADA compliant. And so we do it whenever I'm designing the floor plan every year, I am making sure that it is ADA compliant. Um, if we have something like um, for a couple of years, we had a claustrophobia tunnel. Um, I had to make sure we had a, a skip around for wheelchairs because obviously they couldn't go through the claustrophobia tunnel. Stuff. This year, we didn't have the claustrophobia tunnel. I kind of was over that. I, that was more trouble than it was worth. Um, but, you know, it's 100% ADA compliant. Well, we had this family who had a woman in a wheelchair go to um, one of our hot friends in, an, in a neighboring community. And they said, we're sorry, we're not ADA compliant. But Banshee Manor is go see them. And all of the haunts in the area, they know that, that if they have someone asking for ADA compliant haunt, they send them to me, which is awesome. Um, so they came, but the problem was they also had a service dog. Now, the other owner had said, I don't know about the service dog. You will have to talk to them about that whenever you get there. And so because we had some staff not show up, I had to, I had to act. I was inside the haunt acting. And so my house manager, he came and he kind of whispered in my ear. He said, how do you feel about a service dog being in the haunt? And I said, definitely not. And he said, okay. And he radioed to my gatekeeper, you know, the person who takes the tickets out front. Um, you know, hold on. I'm coming out to talk to them. She misunderstood what he said and she let them in. And next thing we know, we've got not only this large group because they wouldn't separate you have this large group and someone in a wheelchair and a service dog. Oof. And we had to, we had to stop. I had to break character and explain to them my concerns over having a service animal in there. Service animals are trained for a lot of things, but I don't know that they're trained for having people screaming at you or jumping out and scaring you or coming at you with things, the lights, the sounds, you know, and everything. Um, and it was, it was a, an awkward situation and they insisted on going through and I did not like it. And I was just like, okay, I had to put my hands up and I said, if you are taking 100% responsibility for this animal, if your dog goes nuts and bites my staff, you are 100% liable for that. And they said, yes. Um, and we got them through, but it was not fun. And so that was a lesson learned that I need to update all of my social media, my website and everything saying, yes, we are handicapped accessible. However, due to um, the conditions inside the haunted house, service animals are not welcome. Well, um, I don't know if I need to talk to an expert on that field to find out any legalities on that. I don't know. What do you guys think on that? Well, I was going to say, I mean, using a service animal, I mean, everybody knows what a haunted house is. Mm -hmm. And we know that even the best trained dog can be unpredictable, especially put into an environment where there's, Lighting issues and strobe lights and people jumping out and if they feel like their owner is threatened, right? So how can they expect to bring a service animal into something like that? 
Well, they I don't did. know what you'd want to accomplish with a service animal. I mean, everything I know through that, it, 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 yeah, it doesn't make sense on why you'd even want or need one. It's, and, it's the exact opposite of what, what you'd, you know, the, yeah. the, the whole experience would go into a haunt. Yeah. Um, and she said the dog would go nuts because we were like, you know, hey, you know, we can have someone stay with the dog out there, you know, outside or something. And they're like, oh, no, the dog would go nuts um, if they're not with her. So I'm not sure exactly what purpose the service animal provided. And, you know, you're not really asked. You can't really ask that, right. you know, if someone is blind and they have a, a dog, um, you know, they have vests that says seeing eye dog, you know what that dog's purpose is. Um, I don't know what the purpose of this dog was. She was wheelchair bound. So I don't know if it assisted her in like getting things and bringing them to her um, or what, but I, I do have some friends who help to train um, puppies to go on mm. into uh, more advanced training to become service animals. And I might reach out to her um, and try to get some more information. But I think as long as I state we are handicap accessible, but we are, are declining service animals. I mean, it's still our business. We have the right to refuse service to anybody. Yeah, I would think and, and, service animal. And, and, and that's the other weird thing too. It was a group is not like as an individual, an individual yeah, going through, I could understand what the purpose of the service dog might be, you know, yeah. especially somebody who's blind or something. But, um, you know, even a seeing eye dog, it wouldn't work well in a haunt, and that's literally not what you're supposed to do in a haunt. You're supposed yeah. to have your senses uh, deafened by it. But if you require that type of service and you're with a group, somebody else can do that as a person instead of having to 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 have your service animal go through that. Because no, it is still, you know, it. it yeah, it just makes no sense. And uh, you know, sounds like you guys handled that you know, pretty much as best you could, but, oh, but, uh, yeah, that, 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 I, I, I'd rack that up into, a um, you know, the, the troublesome customer on that, then you guys not being prepared because it's not mm-hmm. unreasonable to say, yeah, service animal probably doesn't belong in a haunt. I mean, you know, it's, it's like taking a service animal to the movies. What is he going to describe the movie to you? I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure exactly. I'm not sh- exactly yeah. sure what you're looking to do. I mean, if you need to get your seat, that's when usher what somebody else is for. I've, we've had, um, you know, with our hayride and stuff, we've had people come through on motorized wheelchairs and want to do the walkthrough and we're able to have go arounds for them. And we'd have a, like a manager walk with them in, a, a, if they needed uh-huh. to and stuff. But yeah, never, never had the service dog like that. There are people who would, you know, go with like the compassion ammo and stuff. And, and once again, not why you'd be going to a haunt. If you you know, anxiety and stuff is that high. Why are you here? I agree. I agree. So, um, yeah, I, I think we handled it the best we were able to. Um, but it was definitely, um, you know, a discussion of what I need to do for next year to, because I I really don't want to have to deal with that again because we got fortunate that, you know, there wasn't any bites or a dog that went crazy or, you know, a big scene or anything like that. But, you know, next time we may not be so lucky. So I'd like to try to do what I can to head it off. Um, before I comment on that, John, I just wanted to say Storm's got Stewie Griffin pajama bottoms. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm usually paranoid. I realize I'm still mobile because my computer's acting up, and I, I heard my furnace cycling through. I wanted to make sure it didn't fault because, you know, I've been having one of the reasons I'm not in the mountains today. Yay, furnace. Uh, it's okay, Storm. I have two pairs, two different pairs of Stewie pajamas. <laughs> but, Jonna, I was just looking online, and anybody can buy a service dog vest. This is true. That is that is another big concern is how do I know that that dog is indeed a legit service animal? Right. I mean, I have two hellhounds and I could put, you know, vest on them. That doesn't mean that they've been trained for anything. I saw a woman, I don't know, it was a few months back, had a service dog vest on her chihuahua. It's like, really? I'm not. Yeah, maybe maybe the dog needed to hold the chalupa for her. who knows. <laughs> just uh... I've got a chihuahua, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely on my to do list to do some more research, talk to you know some experts, and um, make sure that I am legally um, prepared for any. I mean, heaven forbid a Karen show up with the service animal. Um. <laughs> oh, speaking of Karen. Uh oh. I hear another interesting story. Uh, of course. Of course. Okay. So, in my haunt, because we got tired of people. Okay. So, a little backstory for people who don't know. My haunted attraction is I take over a section of a family fun park. You know, the kind where everyone has it, you know, where they've got the miniature golf and the arcade games and the go karts and things like that. So, just by the fact that I'm in a family fun park, a lot of people think that it is a it is a kitty haunt that is a, a haunt geared for little children. Um, and it is not. It is a full-on scare haunt. But we've had so many people who will try to bring a two-year-old through the haunt, you know, or even a four-year-old. And then they pick up the four-year-old because the four-year-old's scared. And then the four-year-old gets his head banged on some prop, you know. Things like that. So a couple years ago, I just put a kibosh on that. Um, no one under six is allowed. Will people lie about the age of their children? Yes, they will. And that's on them. Um, we're we're going to scare the crap out of them. And good luck paying that therapy bill. Um, and children six to 13, because, you know, 10, 11, 12 year olds are the worst little bastards in, ever. Um, they have to be accompanied by an adult. Okay. So that's that's our parameters. It's everywhere. It's marked everywhere. It's on the website. It's on the Google. It's everywhere. But we had a lady who had two little girls who were maybe seven or eight. Um, bought their tickets. They stand in line. They hear the story. They hear other people screaming who's already in the haunt. And mom still shoves the girls inside the front door of the haunt. They immediately are greeted by a six-foot-tall monk, which is fake. But anyhow, they they see this big hulking figure in the corner, the lights. They scream, no, we're not going anywhere. So she brings them out. And we're like, are you done? Is that as far as you're going to get? And she said, yeah, they don't want to go any further. They don't want to go. They don't want to go. And I said, well, I'm sorry. And they go, she goes, "Um, so where do we go to get our money back? (laughs) Oh, good luck with that. Yeah. And fortunately, I was not acting that night. I was being owner, you know, minding the front, helping to manage the front. 
And I said, I'm sorry, there is no reef fence. She goes, they didn't even go in. And I said, mm, yes, they did. They went inside the that door. Once you were inside that door, there are no refunds. And she goes, well, that's BS. She didn't say BS. Um, and I said, I'm sorry you feel that way. But it clearly is marked no refunds. They did go inside the door. They chose not to go any further and you had to bring them back out. So no refunds. Again, she said, that's BS and storms off. You know, and that happens. I think every Han owner has had that experience at some point. The awesome thing was the people who were standing in line waiting to go in. They all just kind of like, well, what she think was going to happen? What did she expect? <laughs> you know, and one, one lady said, you did your job. You scared her kids. What did she want? <laughs> and it was, it was just really cool. Um, oh, I, 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 that, that I, the crowd was behind me, was supporting me. But you know, she oh yeah, honest, she she did a she did a bad review on me. Oh, good. No, the bad review is the best because it shows exactly what people want. It shows that you're too scary, and it's replying to that bad review and saying, "Hey, we we appreciate your time review." We're sorry it was too scary for you and your family. We're sorry that just walking through the door was too traumatic for the children that you should have checked to see. And but she didn't we did say in her, every, that, her review. She didn't say any uh, of that in her review. Well, exactly. They, they, some of them don't. But even when they do, you can say that in response to review because you, you, you want to hit the key points because you when you're responding to reviews like that, you're not responding to the person who did that. You're responding to the people reading it. You want to say, hey, yo, thank you for coming up, talking to our management. You know, there are certain ways we could rectify the issue. We talk to them to see if you want to go through again, that type of thing. You can explain what your procedures and stuff is, that you, you can't give refunds. That's a policy, and that's why people should decide before bringing children. You know, that's why you don't have children uh, um, prices. You know, these are things you do. When, when you're responding to these reviews, you're not responding to that person because they don't matter. It's everybody reading it and then seeing how you're responding professional and this is what they want out of it. And if they're on the fence about children, okay, yeah, maybe it's good for a babysitter that night. And look, if I have a problem when I'm there, management and stuff will talk to me and they'll try and resolve the situation there. We'd have people who would complain, oh, this happened and this, I couldn't find this and I lost my thing. Great. Did you come and talk to our managers and stuff? We check every night. We we go through the lost and found to look for your things and stuff. So you know the neat thing with with stuff like that. First of all, it's great because it's wonderful advertising. You know, I, I when I I respond to those, I go, I'm sorry that our event was too frightening for you and your family. That 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 that's always the best. And then those reviews explode. People yeah, love it. Yeah, that'd stuff. be great if that's what she said though. But her response was not worth your time and money, very disappointed. And, and but that's the thing. You're not responding yeah. to her. You yeah. said, Oh, we remember you coming through. Thank you for this. We're sorry you and your family were too frightened of this experience. Yeah. We're sorry that you couldn't make it through the door. We did try and rectify it within our policies and procedures. This mm -hmm. is why we do advise everyone reading this review. 
check with your children first, and you need to make the decision. This is why we don't offer a children's price. So That's just right. remember, you're not you're not responding to her. You're responding to everybody reading it. It doesn't even matter what they say because ha- I've had that. people review our haunt and describe the wrong haunt. Describe <laughs> some other haunt. Oh, yeah. the benches on the hayride were uncomfortable. We don't have benches. Yeah. What are you talking about? Oh, the <laughs> the Freddy Krueger was annoying. We don't have a Freddy Krueger. So you, you're never responding. <laughs> to mm-hmm. the person who wrote the bad review, you're responding to everybody reading it and showing, oh, this person's a loon. But here are the things that you might be, you're looking at this review. You saw a negative star review and you're worried about a couple things. You're worried if your children, because the title will say, ah, children hate it. They wouldn't give me my money back. That gives you the opportunity to explain it's up to your children. I've had four-year-olds who come through and think it's freaking Disneyland. Oh, my God. It's the greatest thing. I still, to this day, it's been like 10 years. And I remember little Logan. Logan couldn't have been more than three. And I am dressed as the scariest Grim Reaper. And it was, I had a flowing cape and stuff. And the, the wind was blowing. And I had this full skull thing. And this little four-year-old wanted pictures with me and, and that type of thing. And uh, the other neat thing is, too, is, uh, you know, this situation, you see it sometimes in the queue line. And if you're able to have veteran actors and work a queue line, this is one of the things where they can help you in this situation, too. They can work with those kids who might be a little too anxious going in and build the nerves and stuff up. And I've seen little kids that look too afraid. And I go there and change my character a little bit. I would talk to them in like more of a normal voice and stuff, not completely going out of character. And I'd tell them, oh, you're going to have fun in there. But I point to like their dad or their mom or something. I go, they look like they're afraid of the dark. Do they still have a nightlight? Or is... And they'd be like, yeah, yeah. I go, you can protect them from that. You can, you can do this. And then uh, one of the best ones that would work, and this is real good for the younger kids in a group, if you see them afraid with thing, and this, any Q-line actor or actress, this is your bread and butter. This is what makes the night. You find that little kid, and you go, you know, I, I bet you're going to be brave. I bet you're going to do it. And then you go scare some teenagers, mm-hmm. and you hear them yelling scare. And then you come back and you go, see, you did better than those big kids. And that's the most important thing to mm-hmm. a young kid like that. If they are seen as doing something better than a big kid, a teenager, if they are seen, a monster tells them they're braver than those kids who, you know, at that age, you look up to. That's, that's who you're, you're trying to emulate and trying to be. And if a monster tells you you're braver, then those big kids over there who I just got to scream, they're going to have fun with it. I've seen those kids laugh at that and have fun and point out who they want me to go scare. And God forbid if you scare their older brother and sister and they start <laughs> laughing, you have a fan mm-hmm. for life. So this is also another thing that your queue line, your managers, even your house greeters can work with that and, and mm-hmm. work with these people. And sometimes you're not breaking character. You're not pulling things out of, but you're giving those kids just enough of, of, of a little reality and have the fun with it because the, everything we do, we're trying to immerse people into a haunt. And sometimes it's a, it's a little over stimulus for a younger person, mm-hmm. but then they start figuring out my favorite thing ever actually happened on one of the weirdest things. We, we did a pirate thing. You know, we're uh, able to uh, promote it, 
but uh, we couldn't promote scary pirates at the local fair. They didn't want scary pirates there. And Talk Like a Pirate Pirate Day is right before our season started. And we're working with the local Applebee's because there's absolutely nothing else in the area. And we're going to promote it at Talk Like a Pirate Day at the bar at Applebee's. And I'm, I'm talking to Scary Larry. I go, I can be a scary pirate for this, right? Yes. Yes, Storm, you can. So I have a foam skull appliance. I drive the 40 minutes down there. Uh, again, this flowing al- outfit. And I'm this big, scary uh, skeleton pirate zombie thing. And it's not extra gore and stuff. It's just big, intimidating, scary. And I walk up to the Applebee's. It's Tuesday night. It's kids night. Oh, no! I walk into the bar. Their kids look at me, and they start screaming. I just stay at the bar myself. Well, later on, Scary Larry goes walking around. Some of the other kids are left there. And I'm sort of keeping my pace behind them and stuff. I see this little girl at this table, and you can see you're afraid of me. Because, oh, here's a skeleton pirate walking around. She just wants her chicken fingers, and here's a freaking skeleton pirate. And I'm, I'm staying back a little bit. You can see her start crawling up her father's shoulder as he's talking to Scary Larry. I know that stuff. And the gloves I had on were skeleton gloves that I'd made with um, clay to have the skeleton fingers on them. I took one off and waved to her. And you could see the expression on her face change because then she started putting it together and goes, wait a minute, that's a person under there. How'd they do that? So the fear went to wonderment and, and figured just because of something that some, um, you know, training might tell you, oh, you broke character. Well, did I? I was in a haunt thing and doing this. And that made the experience, even at Applebee's, more fun for that kid and something that they might try. Maybe not that year or maybe a different year. But seeing that and starting to figure that out and go, wait a minute, there's something under this. This, this went from scary to interesting. And, and just that expression and change of look on her face uh, has stuck with me all these years later. So it's little things you can do with like that, which which work and can can heighten your haunt and why these negative experiences that you might have had this year and this season, you could turn around into a positive. Mm-hmm. You know, that's great. Great I've, advice. I've got to say this and it, it, what you were talking about, Storm and John are both reminded me of a dealing I had with a child. We're going to set the Wayback Machine to 2008 when I was still at Kings Island. And Drew can appreciate this because families come through during a haunt and you have kids that small. Uh, and I was working in slaughterhouse and after you go through the main entrance, I'm the first monster you come into. I mean, now for people that don't know me and if you don't know me, you should because you've been listening to this. I'm six foot four. Uh, I'm pushing 300 pounds right now and. I was dressed as a bloody butcher. I had a, uh, I had a, a meat cleaver and had an appliance on my face and contacts in my eyes. And this family came in with this little boy dressed as Dracula. So the, my shtick was I would sit up against the wall and people would just think I was a decoration and I'd creep up behind them. Well, I got up, I got up in his mom's face, scared her. Got up in dad's face, scared him, and he was next. So I turned around and looked at him, and I kid you not, this little kid looked at me, raised his cape up, bared his fangs, and hissed at me. <laughs> Love it. So what I did was I went, oh, 
give them that little bit of of bravery satisfaction there. yeah so I, I i act like he scared me and i just moved back into position but that memory has stuck with me because that little kid was not afraid of me at all and you know you know who else that memory stuck with that kid and all the friends he told about that at school the next day yeah mm-hmm. i scared a big old bloody butcher I had so much fun. I did this. That was that. My parents were afraid, but I was into it. I'm going to do that when I grow up. He's probably a haunter now. I hope I so. Say, 13 years later, he's probably visiting all the haunts or working at one. So maybe to this very podcast. I remember the butcher. <laughs> I was the one who went through a Dracula. I, I hate the that parents that drag kids through who the kids are obviously terrorized. And you're like, why are you doing that to that poor child? Right. Oh yeah, and they're the ones that will never come back. So. Exactly. The ones that are, the, and the ones who are laughing as they drag their children through it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, don't, don't you have some friend you can do this to? Why are you doing this to your children? Or strollers were my favorite because I know my owners. They made them pay full price for that kid in that stroller. <laughs> I do want to mention that you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on the Big Scary Show. We're kind of talking about what our Halloween season was like and other things with our host plus special correspondent, The Old Crone. We're going to take a very short break and we'll be right back. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers, where are we? Jerry Bain takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from Hunstrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. And we're back to the Roundtable of Terror talking about our Halloween season with the Gahost plus the old crone, Jana, is with us. We were talking about some of her adventures of Banshee Manor. And, uh, of course, they all said, well, well, Badger, what about you? What did you do for Halloween? Um, I had a fairly traditional Halloween haunt season. I went out to uh, several haunts of interviews, of which you heard on past shows. I went to the woods, so to speak, Booger Woods and Spooky Woods and Midway Wicked Woods, all of which I had not attended in many years, which was a lot of fun. Went with... Uh, a couple of people that I normally attend haunted attractions with, and we all had a good time. Got to meet up with Nick and Beverly Pappas when we went to Spooky Woods. They were up here for their little haunt tour that we had on the show a couple months back when they were talking about taking several weeks off and going. Now, due to COVID, they cut that trip a little bit short, but they were able to be at least you know two or three weeks on the road that it looked like. And we met their friend Brad Armstrong from Vegas. I believe he was from Vegas, who was traveling with them at least for a few days. He's a really cool guy and hope to meet up with him at some point because I'm going to be back in Vegas next year for a few days. But um, got to take my daughter, my oldest daughter, down to Netherworld, which is, you know, <clears throat> no secret that is my favorite haunt in the country. 
And she has worked at haunted attractions. She has gone with me to many different haunted attractions, mostly around here. I think the biggest one she's ever been to was Woods of Terror, which is a fantastic haunt in Greensboro. That's Eddie McLaren's haunt. Many of you listening have been there. But we get to Netherworld. And she looks at this place. And she sees all the creeping people walking around. And it's like, okay, this is going to be a good haunt. And this is their new location, Stone Mountain. I think it's their fourth year. And by the time we walk out and start heading back to the car, she just looks at me and she goes, Dad, I was not prepared for what I saw. (laughs) And the only thing I told her when we walked through the doors, I said, be sure to look up. Because if you've ever gone to Netherworld, there is so much at that haunt that you need to see that is above your head. Some of the giant monsters they have don't even get in your face. They're all way up there, 10, 15, sometimes farther away from you. And she kept constantly looking up. And the group we were with was fantastic because there was a bunch of screamers behind us. So every little thing that jumped out screamed. And she wasn't screaming, but she got real quiet during the thing. She was just taking the whole thing in. And, and as I said, we walked out and she said she couldn't handle She had. She was not prepared for it. She was going to need a couple of days to process it. So that was that was a very interesting reaction. I've never heard anybody say they were not prepared to go to a haunt like that. And uh, the reason we were down there was she had bought tickets to go see Slipknot. So we went down and saw Knotfest on Saturday. We went to Netherworld on Friday. And after that show, she was like, I think I've processed it. This has been a good weekend, Dad. So major dad points scored for that weekend. It was the weekend before the weekend of Halloween. So, you know, Netherworld was super, super busy. And I want to thank Ben and Billy very, very much for their hospitality down there. I was able to see Ben. I was not able to interview him because he was in costume and he was working inside the haunt and he had a voice box on him. So he did not want to take off his mask and remove the voice box. So I totally understand that. So, and, and, oh, did I mention that my oldest daughter was in a, a boot on her foot because she had broken her ankle about six weeks prior. She was not cleared to uh, take the boot off. So she actually hobbled through the entire haunt which also made things a little interesting. We actually had her in the front of the big haunt. You know, Netherworld has two haunts, the big and the small. And while we were going through the big haunt, she was in front. So we actually had all the screamers stuck behind us. They couldn't get around us. So that was kind of fun, knowing that we were kind of, we weren't causing a conga line. She wasn't going that slow, but she was going definitely a little bit slower than a standard walk pace. And then when we were in the uh, second smaller haunt, she, uh, she got behind. And we separated a little bit from the group that was with us because, again, she was walking slower. But, you know, fantastic haunt as always. Ben and Billy, you guys did a bang-up job. Your your staff was, again, amazing. And uh, as far as Wicked Woods and Spooky Woods and Booger Woods, you know, nothing against you guys. You guys put on great shows as you do every year. And I'm, I was very fortunate to get out to those guys and, and check out the stuff. And as far as Halloween goes, I got to take my son out. A, a good friend of mine suggested we come to her neighborhood because her neighborhood does it right for Halloween as far as trick-or-treating and 
home decorating. And, you know, I live out in the middle of nowhere, you know, along this county road, bunch of houses near me, but nobody does anything really. They don't decorate much. They don't do a lot of displays. But her neighborhood in Mount Holly, which is uh, 10 minutes down the road, they do Halloween. This was probably the best Halloween display I've seen in a long time. Weather was perfect. My uh, my son and I, we pull up into her house. She's already given out stuff to trick-or-treaters. You know, she gave my son his trick-or-treats, even though he's 17. She's like, I don't care if you're in costume or not here. Have some. And uh, then she gave me the map of where the guys were, you know, with the big, big home haunts and the people who were doing jello shots for the adults who were trick-or-treating. So I got to go to a couple of houses where they were giving out jello shots. And, you know, I normally don't drink, but hey, had to imbibe. It was Halloween and it would be rude to uh, not accept. But got some pictures. I think I have them on the Facebook profile. Some really, really impressive home haunts. There was one that was very pirate themed, which was really nice. And there was one with not one, but two of the 12 foot skeletons that everyone raves about, including one that was that pumpkin skeleton thing. I don't know what it was called, but um, we had a great time. And again, scored some major dad points with the sun as we walked through the uh, through the neighborhood and just watching all the people going in and trick or treating was just a lot of fun. And I think I've mentioned this in the past. I don't know how, you know trick-or-treaters are in Ohio or Arkansas or Rhode Island or anywhere else, but something that's been happening down here for the last, I don't know, decade or so since my kids were actively trick-or-treating is a lot of people aren't going to the front doors anymore because the people who live in that house are setting up like a little fire pit in the driveway and they have family or friends or whatever. And they're just kind of sitting around the fire pit and they've got their little candies and stuff there. And a lot of people are you know, doing a little bit of a display out in their front yards and stuff, but everybody's out in their driveways. Are, are Is that happening out where you guys are? Or is there are people still just going door-to-door for trick-or-treating? Because I would say more than half the houses that we walk through in this neighborhood and probably about half of them that we've seen over the course of the last few years, you know, people are just kind of hanging out in their front yards. There's There's adult beverages going on. There's fire going on. There's roasting marshmallows and hot dogs and whatever. And they just seem to be having little parties as everybody comes up to their driveway and gets their candy and moves on. I don't know if that's happening, but I think it's amazing. I think that's it's really cool. You know, there was, what was the name of the um, the documentary that was out several years ago about the the home haunters? Um. Oh, I know what you're talking know what about. I'm talking about. American Scream? Yes, American Scream, I think. Um, and somebody on there had That's said it. that Halloween is the last community holiday. You know, it's it's the only time that you actually go out and meet your neighbors and and things like that. So I think if any excuse for the neighbors to get together, you know, I think that's great. I mean, if I wasn't was- doing a haunt and I was you know, not doing a home haunt and stuff, you know, cause it's been a long time since I've not been doing something major for Halloween. You know, I think, you know, once I become an old lady, I'll just, you know, <laughs> sit in a rocking chair next to a fire pit and just throw candy bars at people. <laughs> I've, I've lived in my house for 23 years and I probably haven't had a trick or treater in the last 20 because just of where I live, but it is 
fun to see, you know, people, hey, come on up. Hey, you need a jello shot? We got some apple pie and a little bit of something else here. What would you like? And, you know, cool. you know the kids get their candy and the adults kind of get their candy as well. And it's just a, a lot of fun. You meet a lot of neat people. And, you know, these are these are neighborhoods that tend to have younger people and younger families in them with younger kids and all that. And mm-hmm. it's just a lot of fun. And it's, I just kind of clicked in my head a few years ago that, you know, this is becoming a big thing down here. And I don't know if it's just localized in my area or not. Well, it's probably more of a Southern thing because up North, it's probably too cold. Well, cold and gets fire, so dark so early, but, uh, I, I think also the weekends have helped with it too, uh, because Halloween in the past couple of uh, years has fallen on a weekend, on a, you sure. know, uh, later in things. Uh, I have seen and uh, heard some of that here in the Northeast. We still have some neighborhoods which will close down and do things like that. The hospitality tables are also a big thing up here, which uh, a friend of mine who just bought his uh, uh, house and new neighborhood and stuff. He set up a hospitality table. He had different bags, things labeled for different allergies, even had trick-or-treat bags if you brought your dog. Uh, oh, and he says great. next year, too, he's definitely going to have like a coffee bar for adults, too. Oh. Um, <clears throat> not just the, he, he's going, oh, maybe nips and stuff, but he he's really into coffee and stuff, which is good with it. Uh, so that's been a big thing. Uh, trick-or-treating has been hit or miss up here this year, more so than others. Um, trunk-or-treat has become such a thing. And is so early in the season. I, I even have some of the kids who are trick or treating age are not even doing trick or treating because they have two or three trunk or treats uh, before Halloween, and they're, they've shown off their costumes and they're sick of stuff by then uh, to a degree. Uh, I, you know, Halloween night we had a couple trick or treaters. You know, you'd see on the different social medias and stuff. It seemed to be angry hordes up here, where. You is feast or famine. You either had one or two trick or treaters, or you ran out of candy because a horde of a hundred of them just came through the neighborhood. So that's neat and fun, fun to see too. Uh, you know, I ran out to go grab batteries and dinner uh, so that we could sit on our porch and chuck bags of candy at children and adults and whoever came by, and uh, you know, had my singing pumpkins going outside and that type of fun stuff. But uh, definitely saw, you know, it was feast or famine uh, in a lot of neighborhoods. And that's just how it goes. And sometimes your neighborhoods age out. Uh, But always the more you decorate and stuff. And I I think that's even something that, you know, you might want to encourage and and push with your paper, especially if you're a home haunter or something. Try and find out why, you know, what makes people go to houses for trick-or-treating. Because there are so many people who had stuff and wanted to give away trick-or-treat stuff but didn't get the trick-or-treaters. So, you know, if somebody did a little research and figured out what it is that's bringing people to trick-or-treater houses and what they're looking for right now, uh, that that might be an avenue or something you can jump into. Um, you know, for my Halloween, it wasn't too bad, a little quiet. We we had it uh, decorated out front, uh, looked, looked pretty good. I do a lot of jack-o'-lanterns and that type of thing. A lot of jack-o'-lanterns this year just because we had cut a few, entered some contests, uh, that type of thing. The neat thing was the day before I was able to go down to my sister's in Connecticut and uh, do Halloween with my nephew and couldn't do it last year uh, with COVID and everything. And it snowed on Halloween, which sucked. 
uh, this year. Luckily not. The weather was actually beautiful for Halloween. But my parents were up too. And Halloween, you know, I've said in the past, was always a big family thing uh, with my grandmother's birthday. So it had been decades since we had that many of us together for Halloween. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, my brother-in-law, his parents were there. We stopped at a, a really great bakery here uh, locally and got a cake that was shaped like a cauldron. And it had like uh, tentacles and eyeballs coming out of it. My nephew oh, cool. loved that. And, uh, you know, I, I have the singing pumpkins. And if you, uh, you know, get the singing pumpkins by, you know, the awesome company that does that, you know, look on websites, that type of things, because, you know, we, we, we have advertisers who pay so they can, you know, jump on <laughs> ad and stuff too. So you got to do your own research. But uh, one of the programs that comes with it is you can put it on a screen. So I got my singing pumpkins that show up on the pumpkins and I downloaded uh, from my computer on a drive, the singing pumpkins on a digital porch and brought them for my nephew. And we, after dinner and stuff, you know, it's getting to be his bedtime, but we went downstairs and had to play around and hook it up to the TV. And I got to watch singing pumpkins with my nephew and he, he had a ball with it. You know, he's two and a half and that was a fun thing, Halloween and stuff. And he was all excited with that. So that, that was a fun thing for Halloween this year to actually share it with my family, which I hadn't been able to do in years. And we, except for my brother out in Los Angeles, we had pretty much all of us there, which was really cool. Awesome. I'm fascinated that you guys do trunk or treat early in the month. I mean, we have tons of people who do that here, especially all the local churches, but they always do it on Halloween. Oh, they do them like Columbus Day weekend. They start doing them. Oh, it's a Tuesday night. It's trunk or treat time. Who else got totally pissed off at all of the posts that says, what night are we doing Halloween on? Um, How about Halloween, you idiots? (laughs) For some reason, nobody says that about Christmas. Well, what do we have Christmas on a Saturday before? No, yeah. you have Halloween on the 31st. Well, you got too many people who, for some reason, oh, you can't celebrate Halloween on Sundays. Uh, yeah, you can. About every seven years you do. Yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> well, you know, Halloween here was non-existent. Nobody came to the house for trick-or-treat. Um, but that's par for the course in the neighborhood I live in. Uh, it doesn't stop me from decorating. Um, I have uh, skeletons climbing the balustrade of my porch. Um, and I've got a flicker bulb in my post light. And I also employ the digital decorations of the company. We won't name unless they pay us, <laughs> but, uh, I had a mixture. I had a rotation and I had it all going on to my bedroom window upstairs and you can see it clearly from the roadway. Uh, and I had like, there was a uh, Halloween stained glass windows that would morph. Then I had dancing skeletons and I had unliving portraits. Um, so it, it, it did a rotate and people were kind of fascinated by it, but you know, we really didn't get any trick or treaters. And on top of that, Halloween is my anniversary and Chris had to work. Oh. Did you have any like goth kids hanging out in the cemetery across the street? No, the cemetery gets locked up. <laughs> oh, okay. I addressed that in the last haunt minute with what went on up here. People breaking into a mausoleum on Halloween night. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, not cool. Yeah. No. Not cool at all. There's a there's a public receiving vault in the cemetery across the street from me. Um, it's got a huge huge padlock on it. I mean, you could take a pair of bolt cutters and probably spend ten minutes trying to cut through it. Seems like I remember a few years ago, one of the big cemeteries in this area they they had to start hiring um, off duty policemen to patrol the the uh, cemetery because they had some issues on Halloween a couple nights, a couple years. That's sad. Here's the thing: you, you, towns and stuff listening, you should be hiring haunters. Right. You know, not every haunt runs on Halloween. You, you hire a couple zombies, they'll keep people out of your cemetery on Halloween. Night. <laughs> They're coming for you, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What how what haunt isn't open on Halloween? Um, Lots of them. Surprising because every really? single bar in town is doing a sexy yeah. Halloween contest, or every tavern is doing a costume contest. And you know, down here, you know, even on Sundays, every establishment where you can buy adult beverages just doing a costume contest and so a lot of haunts just don't open on halloween because there's just so much competition out there mm-hmm. from the people that they want to attract yeah yeah no that. we we would never be open on halloween because a half our staff wanted to do their own thing and b yeah you you it was a mediocre crowd at best and halloween no matter what what night it is has always been my best night Wow, that uh, that might be the area. That might be culture. That might even be more modern stuff too. You know, uh, when I first started hiring twenty years ago, Halloween was an absolute no because again, you were just competing with the adult stuff. Uh, kids stuff was done, but a lot of haunts at that time weren't going into November like they do now too. Um, you know, some people are looking for that Halloween tradition stuff, and part of that plays into too that you know you you don't have your tv specials or stuff too you know halloween night you'd only have those certain tv specials and they haven't made a new good tv special in about 45 years and there's some called dvr and they don't even run the halloween specials on halloween i mean when's the last time simpsons treehouse of terror was even in october so you know that's 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 a thing why haunts might have more uh gotten into Halloween itself, but there are still a lot of haunts where Halloween is, is just not a night that's worthwhile to be open for them. And mm-hmm. you know, it really depends on what else you got going on in the town and stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. especially if it's like a Tuesday or something. Um, and you, you might even have a good crowd at the beginning, but uh, usually the late crowd on Halloween night is just a headache. It's not something you want to deal with. Those those would be some of the tougher ones when we'd even be close to Halloween. But yeah, Halloween day before the couple of times we had run, not not a great night. It was more like an early September night. It uh, sometimes wasn't worth being open and half your people were you're out sick or out doing whatever they're doing on Halloween. Well, you know, that's why I only run three weekends because um, the first weekend just didn't see enough people to, you know, to make it worthwhile, you know, cover payroll and stuff. So we only do the three weekends. The problem with that though, is we had two different review groups come through our area and they saw everybody, but me. Uh, Yeah. Well, that's the thing. A lot of, because they're like, okay, of Northwest Arkansas, these are our top, you know, this is how we ranked everybody. And I'm not even listed because 
I wasn't open that weekend. Sometimes as you're expanding and stuff, you look at it, that opening weekend, uh, if you're the first week of October before Columbus Day, or if you're in September, uh, sometimes you do it in a bridged weekend, even if you're doing a night or two. It's almost like a dress rehearsal, and you, you get to it to a point where you might not expect to to make money that night, but it's more of a promotional night for the times after. And, you know, those are nights that you want to, you know, send to papers and tell them to come through that night. That's might be the nights you want to do your friends and family for your actors and stuff, too. You know, oh, here, here's your night for get, give your actors a couple free tickets to use. And it's that weekend. Yeah. Uh, if you're doing a coupon or even a Groupon or something, limit it to that opening weekend. Because sometimes it's more of an investment and you're really getting the, you know, the issues done with your haunt, you know, the, 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 any adjustments and stuff you're going to need to do. I mean, we've had years we did a, a, you know, came up with a fantastic theme and had all kinds of neat stuff on the walkthrough. And we went that first weekend and we realized it wasn't scary. We had these really neat <laughs> themes and fairy tales and awesome stuff. And it just wasn't scary. So we had to spend the next five days retooling it to make it, you know, darker, scarier, more fun. And, and, you know, that saved the season. God forbid if we had opened Columbus Day weekend and gotten that, we would have had terrible everything. So a lot of times that first weekend is more of an investment than an actual operational weekend. As you grow, as your haunt gets bigger, that's some of the ways you got to look at that weekend too. You, you might lose out that night, but it's going to help fuel and push people other nights. Um, for example, like you're saying, you had the uh, weekend where you uh, the colleges and stuff weren't around. And so you lost that audience. The neat thing is you now know your target audience. So you know how to market to them. And then you can pick out and figure out where your other audience is. You know, uh, sports would always be an issue up here if uh, the local baseball team made it into the playoffs, especially when they weren't winning. Uh, that would be in October, and we would see a dramatic drop in the haunt that day that they were playing a, a World Series game or a um, uh, American League Conference uh, divisional game. And the owners would complain. And I'm like, well, this is your market. You you now know exactly who's coming to your haunt. So, you know, make sure the cable company's not putting your ad on Oprah Network. Make sure they're putting on the baseball network and ESPN. You know, now you know where you want to advertise. You want to advertise at the Friday night football game because sports fans are who they are. Then those other nights are ones you figure out. Now you start and look and you know you're not going to get everybody and not everybody falls into certain things. But if you have, you know, your male demographic 18 to 34 and that becomes that sports market that you have and you see you're lacking. Well, who do you want to go that night? That might be a night you do a family ticket thing where you pay for one adult and one kid and you get another kid free or something. Because you might have the people who are engaged in that sporting thing or either going to a sporting event and they're not bringing the whole family that night because you'd go bankrupt. Or they want the rest of the family out of the house. So now you see your other market that you can go for it. So that's the neat thing with this year. You may have had an off weekend. Now you know what to target for that weekend. So you might want to target on an accompanying audience for that. So colleges might not be there, but if you want to have a college staff night, that's your night. If you want to have a sorority or a fraternity night, 
they might still be in town and around for that. And that's a thing you can check in. And sorority night is the greatest thing for a haunt to have them show up. It is phenomenal. Your actors will thank you and they will fight over who's running the chainsaw that night. Yeah. I do a lot with them with Mm -hmm. some of the sororities Um, actually did a private party with uh, a sorority this year um, on Thursday on a Thursday night. And um, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the little caveats and stuff you can add to that. One thing being at a farm, we'd have a sorority or birthday like that. And um, we get the ticket prices and add on like a dollar and they give them all a sugar pumpkin, you know, a little, little pumpkin. The farm costs to it and to get them in bulk is almost nothing. But then it's something else people talk to. And not only did they have a fun haunt, but they come back with a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Right. Storm, something you said a few minutes ago about the TV and the, the lack of specials and stuff. You know, this is normally the time of year they bring out specials and movies and stuff. And of course, you know, you got those channels that basically play Hocus Pocus 19 out of the 31 days in October. Oh, for but, some uh, reason anybody, this year it was Maleficent was apparently that was up a Halloween there. movie now. That was up there. But uh, anybody see anything good? I mean, did you go to the new Halloween movie or was there anything? You know, I introduced my kids to a couple of old silence because it was 99 years ago that Nosferatu came out. And I sat down my kids and I said, you're watching this. And they were like, uh, but at the end of the movie, they were like, oh, man, this is kind of cool. And I showed my kids the cabinet of Dr. Caligari for the first time. And my son, who is, you know. It's hard to get him away from anything that's not anime. He was like, Dad, this was a really weird and cool movie. And I was like, yes. So hopefully that's that'll get him on the road to, you know, more of these old classic type things. But what did you guys see over the uh, season? I know a lot of people just sit down and watch spooky movies all month. So I, I, good? I saved it all for after the haunt season. to Because I don't have time during the week or, you know, during the haunt. Um, so I save all of the stuff, you know, to watch after the haunt's done to kind of get me through that post haunt depression. (laughs) They've, they've gotten clever this year with streaming and, you know, streaming and who has rights is such a mess and things. So some of your classic Halloween stuff that you, you might watch and really enjoy and stuff, they were making the uh, sure to put behind paywalls. Uh, Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I was up one night and I I wanted to uh, just turn on House of Thousand Corpses. And I know I got a DVD someplace of it, but, you know, it's got to be on streaming or something, but it's behind paywalls. But sure enough, November 1st rolls around and it's like on Pluto for free for nothing. And there are a lot (laughs) of other Halloween stuff, um, you know, shows and stuff did it. But as for Halloween specials, I did get to see one I really enjoyed. And was freaking phenomenal. And that was definitely the Muppets Haunted Mansion. That was awesome. Oh, my goodness. It is not only is it worth it and stuff, but, you know, Disney actually did block out stuff Halloween. They still don't have the Disney Halloween special I grew up with, which had all the neat stuff. You know, the night on Bald Hill Mountain with, uh, you know, from Fantasia and the uh, Ichabod and uh, Haunted Horseman and all that. They still don't have that one on there and have it all together. That's on Disney. Huh? 
That I'm, last year I saw Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and well, yeah, the Legend you, of no, Sleepy you can, Hollow on you Disney. You watch Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and then and watch the that. Legend of Sleepy they Hollow. That, the same, but there used to right. there used to be an hour long special yes. that they ran in the eighties, which just had all those little pieces. You didn't have to oh, watch all of Fantasia and just watch that piece. You didn't have to watch all of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, which no one watches. Everybody watches the no, you know, Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, that the, the, you get to the best parts. The, the, the Sorcerer's Apprentice would be on it and stuff. And there'd be a talking jack-o'-lantern that would narrate you through and stuff. That still hasn't shown up. And that, that, oh, that's what I want. The skeleton dance would be part of it, which, you know, is a hundred years old and still awesome. Uh, mm. so that special isn't there, but you know what else? They did have the uh, Halloween specials grouped together. So Halloween Town was in there, a bunch of neat stuff like that. They had the old Muppet show. And they had some Halloween episodes. And there was one with Vincent Price. I love that. And it's phenomenal. Watch that episode before you watch Muppet Haunted Mansion. (laughs) Because you're going to find out stuff you didn't realize. Like, you know, one of the neatest characters I love in Muppets is Gravely. I thought that they brought just made him up for the newer um, Muppet movie they did a few years back. No, Gravely's from the 70s. I almost fell off my couch when I see Gravely hanging out with uh, Vincent Price. It is amazing. And uh, some of the, 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 the ghosts and the special effects they did in the 70s with the Muppet Show is phenomenal. And they use the same puppets and the same effects in the Muppet Haunted Mansion. And it was awesome. Yes. <laughs> I was. haven't seen it yet. It's on my list of things to watch with the kids do it find, find a vincent price episode of the muppet show also on the alice on the cooper same muppet streaming show service awesome. there first and and watch that then watch them up at home mansion wonderfully well done good special uh probably going to become a tradition nice well guys I, go ahead i've watched uh i watched halloween uh kills uh, on streaming, as a, it was on, I think Peacock, and I have Peacock. So, what do you think? I enjoyed it. Did you? I did. Did you? Did you really? <laughs> no. There seems to be some mean, question there. I didn't there. mean it like that. Some, somebody sounds like it. they want two hours of their life back. Well, maybe not two hours, but at least the first forty minutes or so i felt like a lot of the dialogue the first 40 minutes was um it's kind of like just put something on the page just put it doesn't matter that's okay just put something on the page um because Because that's one thing that 40 years of halloween movies you know being halloween michael myers it's dialogue that amazing michael myers (laughs) dialogue i i mean it was some of the dialogue the first of it was just painful I'm okay. pretty sure Jason Voorhees talks more than Michael Myers. <laughs> and plus, I was thinking, I was like, okay, so he was how old in 78? And I was like, man, he gets around pretty good for an old dude. <laughs> well, yeah, he's, he's, he's cursed with Celtic things and was drinking crushed up uh, uh, Stonehenge stones or something. And, you know, <laughs> silver shamrocks. I uh, like the end of it, but the first of it, I just really struggled through. And there was a reference to Halloween three and Halloween kills. Um, and they also had, uh, they put Donald Pleasance into it. Yeah. 
yeah, there were some good callbacks. Yeah. But I you know, I agree with you. The first to me about the first thirty minutes of dialogue was eh, but overall I enjoyed the movie. Um I, and of course I watched Muppet Haunted Mansion like Storm did and I, I Chris is like, eh, okay, and I'm just I'm going gaga because I loved it. I haven't seen it yet. Um and I just Normally during Halloween season, I don't get to sit down and watch many horror movies, but I started revisiting some. Like after the accident that destroyed Chris's car, uh, I started watching the Final Destination movies to see how I could kill this guy. <laughs> and I watched them all, all of them. Ooh. Um, I watched uh, I watched a, tri- a trilogy of movies called Feast. They are very bad. Um, Great recommendation, Jim. <laughs> Your watch is really bad movies. I mean, they're like they're like not even B movies. But the what caught what got me to watch these is I I came across a, a news clip on Facebook or something about the third movie where they talk about a monster eating a woman's head and then shitting it out, and they showed all this. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to see it at that point. It's like I've got to see how they did this. That's not even a B movie. That's more like an H movie. <laughs> That's wow. what I'm saying. I said it wasn't even a B movie. It was just somebody on. But I was going to say somebody on Facebook had mentioned something. They they had mentioned something about the movie Freddy versus Jason. Uh huh. And they said, has anybody ever thought of doing a Jason versus Michael Myers movie? And I remember years ago seeing some sort of teaser on YouTube for like a fan movie of Jason versus Michael. So I actually went and did a search and I found like two or three. And there's one that starts off in the woods. And it's a very cool 15, 20 minute movie of Jason versus Michael Myers. And I didn't think I would like it as much as I actually wound up liking it. I wound up going down a rabbit hole and just finding all these little fan movies that people were making. You know, there's Freddy versus, you know, Leatherface or, you know, Michael Myers versus Pinhead and, and, and crazy stuff. Some of it's good. Some of it, mm, not so good. But the best, the best rumor in the early 2000s for the movie that was almost made, and there's, there's urban legend and rumor on it, was going to be Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. <laughs> I remember hearing about that, and I don't think it. I don't think it ever came. I'm somebody's had to have done something with it. Oh well, but, I mean, you know, you, you look at the rights and the mess of rights for all sure. three of those franchises, and you can understand how that movie couldn't get made. That's a, oh, oh, trust know, that's, me, nobody, nobody making a YouTube video is worried about those. Well, no, no, rights. exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, it, within itself, and I do like the uh, the YouTube fan videos like that are fine. I hate fake trailers though. Oh, where they like will say it's a real trailer and then rehash oh, yeah. things. Oh, just a waste mm. of my search time. Well, a couple of things I did get to watch that I highly recommend was um, Chapelweight on Epic. Um, very good. And also uh, Midnight Mass, which I think was on Netflix. 
their limited series. They were both very good. I really enjoyed those. Heard a lot of people talking about Midnight Mass and and how it messed them up too. <laughs> I'm already messed up. It didn't mess me up, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm looking at the clock, and we are like pretty darn long for a for a roundtable here. I've enjoyed this conversation immensely, and uh, I, I know we could probably go another two hours on this, but you know, unfortunately, time constraints being what they are, um, I know we'll probably do a year in review in January at some point. But um, you know, as far as Halloween this year, how was it compared to you know, say? five years ago i mean last year was covid this year we still had covid but maybe not as much so you know overall how would you grade your halloween season this year probably a b plus okay uh, i go b plus it, it was a fun good halloween uh the problem with us being us everybody listening to this podcast everybody haunt and halloween enthusiasts there's always more you want to do for halloween but you you mm-hmm. never can do enough in a season it can never be perfect for you and that's a neat part because next year you, you aspire to do a little bit more for next year so you added a few decorations this year you had fun you may have done that one or two other traditions or you did stuff you wanted to do and, and tried to get to even if you did you absolutely didn't get to do everything you wanted to do for Halloween this year if you did one or two trend uh traditions it's still a win i would have to you know if it wasn't for my going out and acting and rekindling the fire I would give my my Halloween season a C. However, because of what happened when I went to that haunt, I've got to give it a good solid B. Excellent. I have to rate mine an A to an A minus just because I didn't get out to see all the haunts that I wanted to. And I had plans to see a couple of others. And again, you just run out of time and and things like that. But uh a definite A for earning dad points for both my son and my oldest daughter for, you know, taking them around trick or treating and or seeing the trick or treating and the home haunts plus going to Netherworld with the oldest. So, I wanted to just say, yeah, uh, overall, it was it was a good and satisfying season. And Halloween night, I'm sitting up. It's about eleven forty five at night. I just I normally stay up till at least midnight just contemplating the season that was and, you know, just sitting there in a darkened room, cats sleeping on a cat bed near me. And I'm just like, you know, this was a good one. This was a real good one. You know, my oldest daughter will be a senior next year in college and my twins will be freshmen and they'll be out of the house. And I'm like, this may have been the last Halloween that, you know, I got to spend a lot of really good quality time with the kids and and like was said before, it's the last communal holiday, you know. So you know, I don't know how many more times that the uh, the family will be able to get together like this. So overall, a, a good year. But I want to thank the uh, host and special correspondent for joining us now. You know, as we kind of look back on 2021, and I'm sure that we will be making plenty of memories in 2022. You know, hopefully the haunt seasons will be even more successful. Hopefully COVID will be lessened and more and more haunts will be, you know, putting on bigger and better shows, the convention seasons, the trade shows, the horror cons, 
all the movies and everything. We didn't even get into Midnight Syndicate at Cedar Point, which none of us were able to attend this year or go to the conventions that we were hoping to go to just because of things. But um, we definitely can look forward to those things happening again in 2022. So I want to thank our hosts for participating in this, including Storm. So if you're depressed when you went out late on Halloween and tried to buy Halloween candy and it wasn't there because Christmas candy was already there, don't be depressed because know that they've already infringed on their own holiday with this war on Christmas and the stuff out on Christmas shelves now is actually stuff for Christmas 2022, not for this year's Christmas. It's next year's Christmas is already out on the shelves. I will say I have actually seen Valentine's Day candy in one of the local stores here. So that, to me, blowing my mind. I also want to thank Meat Hook Jim. You know, for all of you, all you haunters out there, I know you're going through the post-haunt depression, but now this time starts planning for next year. That fire lit under me. I've got ideas and and a, a new costume idea I'm already starting to work on. So, you know, take that depression, turn it around and turn it into a positive and, and start working. You know, you want to be bigger, better, scary. You want to be the best out there. Now's the time to start planning. Very, very good words. I also want to thank our special correspondent, Jonathan, AKA the old crone. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I know you guys just, Totally no, shot me right. gazillion no, FUs, didn't you? Permanently um, banned from future rounds. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween, ro- Halloween rocks. That was just a joke, guys. Um, I'm glad the ha- Halloween season uh, went well for everyone. And uh, yeah, it's time to rest up and get ready for 2022. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll let it slide this time. My name is Drew Badger <laughs> in Charlotte, and I do want to just say... I want to wish a belated happy birthday to my legally adopted mother who turned an unknown age, at least one that I will not mention, on Halloween. Yes, she was a Halloween baby. This is the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. And you're lucky I didn't disconnect you, Jonna. to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Creepazoids, dead by dawn, on the big scary show.
Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the Earth. This is A Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so, I was researching for this week's Haunt Minute, checking things out, and I got caught by a clickbait. That's right, it's still out there, still catching your attention, and boy did this one get me hook, line, and sinker. Yes, because I saw the headline, Chupacabra Related Road Closure Riles Area Residents. I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta find this out. Chupacabras closing roads? Why, why is this not national news? Why is no one talking about this? Well, come to find out, it's not the Chupacabra Chupacabra. It's a movie about the Chupacabra. Yeah, Netflix is in New Mexico, uh, in the Santa Fe area, filming a movie called Chupra. And a boy who finds a Chupacabra on his grandfather's ranch. Oh, wonderful. Sounds great. All right, we'll check it out when it comes out. But, you know, this article sucked me in. Thank you, Santa Fe, New Mexican. You got your click from me. I checked it out. But there are some things to still learn from this because... What is this a filming cruise and they closed down one of the, you know, these back roads and it's New Mexico. There's no place. You live out on a ranch. There's like one road to get to the highway, that type of thing. So a couple people are inconvenienced and there's a lot of confusion on if the road was actually closed or if you just had to wait while the cameras are running, then they let you by, which, you know, the film crew says the case. And, you know, people are like, we just wanted to get ice cream and, you know, that type of thing. Um, so whenever you're doing any of your haunt stuff, you do want to be in consideration with your neighbors and if you got stuff going on make sure you're clear about what's going on and answer some questions ahead of time so it'll save confusion and articles and stuff like this too because apparently there's something that exists called a twitter relationship yes one of the neighbors says that they had quote a twitter relationship with uh one of the state house um representatives so yeah take that for what it is which is probably nothing but still gets in the paper and it gets mentioned like that so, all in all, no problem. Clickbait is still a thing, so use it for your stuff as you can. Just be creative about it. Don't lie, but, you know, you can suck people in. I'm, you know, marketing, I talk about this stuff all the time. Still sucked in by Chupacabra-related road closures. So, until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. neophytes and sit by the fire it's time to ask the old crone (laughs) i may be singing christmas carols the next two months 
but only because I'm excited to grab all kinds of Christmas items so they can be repurposed into props and decor for the holiday we all love, Halloween. Here's some ideas for taking all of those red and green items and turning them dark. <laughs> so let's start with electrical cords. My personal favorite is the cords with the foot pedal for turning your tree lights on and off. I've used one of these the last two years and it works great. The actor appears static until the guests get just in the right spot. Then with one small movement of their foot, strobe light comes on and the actor comes to life. It's very effective. After Christmas sales are great for picking up colored lights like the fire and ice that has been so popular the last couple of years. Colored LED spotlights and weatherproof extension cords. And for the home haunter, there is a great outdoor power stake with six outlets and a nine foot extension cord available on Amazon. That would have come in so handy during my own home haunting days. Another great item I'm looking for this year for a new room at Banshee Manor is ornament spinners and a rotating Christmas tree stand. These can be used for large or small props to add movement to your room. And haunters have been using motors out of reindeers for years to put on their props. With that in mind, look at some of the great animated characters available now. Like the ladder-climbing Santa. Strip him down and you've got a creepy little goblin. The possibilities are endless, really. It's also a great time to pick up LED candles, flicker lights, and old-fashioned lanterns. So what I'm saying is, don't be afraid of venturing into the Christmas section. If you look at the decorations with an eye towards Halloween, you might see things in a different light. Well... It's almost time to put the turkey in the oven. But if you have questions or topic suggestions for Ask the Old Crone, send them to Scream at Banshee Manor. Until then, don't forget to stir the cauldron. <laughs> From the mists of infinity, they come, rising from the cold, damp earth to take what is now theirs. My God, the damn thing's moving! When the moon turns red, the dead shall rise and walk the earth. From the gates of hell, they have finally come. The gates of hell. No one under 17 admitted without parent or certified adult guardian. Grave Tone Productions. The final hour on the Big Scary Show.
makes his own hell. Dress up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karam. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karam. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karam.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screenline Studios. Dark Imaginings. Fright Finder. Haunt Pay. Creepy Collection. And Von Caron Productions. We would also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse as well as the four hosts, including Storm, Ransom Moore, HauntMinute.com, Badger, Actor, Trainer, and Consultant, RabbitBadger.org, Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com, and Jerry Vane, The Haunstrumentalist, JerryVane.com. And finally, you. Without you, the listener, we are nothing. 
The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show, LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.